Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They will be taking your calls and speaking with a different guest each week. You are encouraged to call in and share your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Are you ready for your dose of hope? You're listening to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the June 2nd edition of Pause I Am Radio. I'm your host, Robert Brining, and this evening, Jeremy has the night off, and I am joined by one of my favorite people, Mark S. King. Hello, Mark. Hello, Robert Brining, one of my favorite people. Ah, uh, so nice to finally talk to you. I feel like I haven't seen you in a long time. I haven't seen you in a long time. We haven't bumped into each other at one of these HIV thingamajiggies in a, in a while. Yeah, well, the conferences seem to have been, like, kind of... I don't know. For me, disintegrating. Um, I, I don't know. Like, after the International AIDS Conference, there was the ADAPT one that I went to yeah. um, in January. And then since then, I kind of really, when I've applied for scholarships or to try to speak somewhere, it's kind of, you know, not really worked out in my favor. So, Well, I don't know why, because you know I have been a big cheerleader of yours since the beginning. <laughs> and just because of the work you've done with PAZIM, the fact that you're youthful, of course, not as youthful as you used to be, but youthful right? And and so I, I really think your voice is important. So, you know, you're, you you just need to keep plugging away because I think you're doing great. Yes, yes. I've been, you know, dealing with some personal changes in my life, and as as well you have over the last few years. And, you know, it's difficult to kind of get back in the swing of it. And I'm just How now starting, you? I think. Uh, I just turned 34 on the 20th of May. Oh. I've got HIV anybody's older than you are. <laughs> I do. <laughs> oh, that, that, that may be true. true. Anyway, yeah, you've had some changes in store. Your relationship status on Facebook, I don't know. I can't keep up with it. What is it now? Um, that's uh, interesting. I um, uh, Right now I would consider myself not necessarily single, but I'm definitely interested in somebody and – and you know, staying true to that one person. So well, that's, that's nice. Where I'm at well, it now. sounds as yeah. if you're in that it's complicated stage. It so is good for you. It'll get more complicated <laughs> if you're lucky. And, and how are you doing in, in the love world? Well, you know, since you brought it you up. Know, <laughs> well, funny. You know, it, it, it's funny you should ask because I have a boyfriend, but he was just saying to me. He said, "Now, don't tell people you have a boyfriend because I don't want it to get into the way of you becoming a star." <laughs> you know, you know. I don't want it to get in the way of your fame. You know, I, I would, you know, I should allow people to, to at least fantasize that I'm, you know, uh, you know, accessible. You know, that, that I, I can and be available. Had. Right, right. <laughs> so, but the truth is, is that uh, we've been uh, seeing each other for ten months. He lives in Washington D.C., and I'm actually spending the summer in D.C. Uh, right now because I can do my writing and stuff from anywhere, and and I want to be. I want to be near him. I love him, Mama. That's awesome. Well, congratulations on that. Thank you. So, so speaking of your writing, you just recently um, were featured on the cover of Pause Magazine, which I have to say, when I walked into the support group here in Philly and I saw that, I had to do a, a triple take because Mr. Thin is bulking up and getting muscular. You know, and, and I would, you would be surprised how many of my close friends have said, did they airbrush you? <laughs> no, no, they didn't. But I will tell you that I prepared for that photo shoot like it was some sort of Olympian event, you know. I mean, I was going to the gym like crazy. I didn't know what, because, well, because I'm gay and because I'm, I'm aging and I'm vain, you know. And so I, you know. And 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 to tell you the truth, I mean, I have I you know I worked in AIDS for 20 years in community-based organizations, and you know when Pause Magazine would be delivered, you know we'd all read it, and 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 being on the cover was like sometimes it's like you know that person, or you are you you'd say you know knew him when in fact you 
passed him in the hall once at a conference or something, but still it was a deal. It was a deal. And, and I still feel that way. I, 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 uh, I've always, you know, had a very high regard for the magazine. And so it was, it was, yeah, it was, it's, you know, I'm very proud and it, it was yeah. an exciting thing. Yeah, no, I love it. I love when I go to group because that's where either they're in the doctor's office. Um, that's where I'm able to pick up the you know the, the pod magazine, positively aware or HIV plus or or to get my right. information that fresh and to go in there and just to see a face on there that I I know I you know what I mean. It's a friend of mine. It just made it so comforting and I could just like and as soon as I saw it, I posted it on Facebook and tagged you in it because to me I think it's it's an incredible thing to be on the cover of any magazine let alone Paz Magazine. So, I mean, I think the week, the month before that, uh, Jamar was on there, and I did the same thing with him. And, and seeing, um, you know, you guys are on the back of, uh, what is it, Positively Aware Magazine as well, doing the, the Act Against AIDS, the one that you did with you and your friend, I believe, right? You also did it with Maria. Maria did it and her partner. Oh, really? I, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, but you know, you know that's, I'm that's exciting. About, right? I'm glad to know that. Um, that, was, yeah. that was the CDC campaign, um, Let's Stop HIV Together. Yes, that was amazing. And I'm um, actually the one yeah. I have here has Maria on the back, but I've, and I've seen you involved in that as well and, and Jamar. And it's just incredible to see, you know, my friends out there putting their faces out there because it's nice. Because years ago, before I started doing this kind of work, I didn't know a single person with HIV when I would pick mm-hmm. up these magazines. You know, it'd be reading mm-hmm. somebody else's story, but now I pick it up and I'm like, oh, I know this person. I'm reading a friend's story, so it's a little bit more, mm-hmm. you know, personal. I like that. Well, you know, we live in a – we are very privileged, you know, uh, Robert. I say that all the time. I am privileged to be able to disclose my HIV status, you know, to, 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 to have a life in which disclosing my status is not going to affect my relationship or my relationship with my family or the friendships that I hold, or my job. And, and that's a really privileged place to be, and, and not a lot of people can do it. And, as a, and, and for those of us who are doing it in a really public way, that's an even smaller group, you know, who feel comfortable enough to do that or who have that opportunity. And, uh, and so you start, you know, it starts becoming a real small world, and, um, and uh, you're just meeting those other people in it, I suppose. But, you know, I, one of the big things that I have been trying to encourage people is those of us who are, uh, who have privilege, who are able to do that without it um, um, making a big difference to their job or some really, you know, important component of their life, uh, to please come out. Because I, I think what we're seeing is uh, uh, people not doing that to the extent that they used to. You know, you get tested and, and you know everything's going to be fine and, and you feel as if it's okay to just continue on with your life without telling anybody. And, and while I respect anybody's choice, just like coming out as gay, just like coming out as, as gay, the more people know somebody like that, the more they have to face their own prejudices, the, own, their, their own, the ways in which they stigmatize other people. And so for those of, of us who have that privilege, I think we should take advantage of it. No, I think it's incredible. I mean, it, it definitely makes it... Um, more more comforting and, and breaks the stigma down a bit, you know, when you know somebody who is HIV positive and, and more of us coming out is, is an amazing thing, I think, for the rest of the community coming up who are newly infected and things like that. But you just did an essay for Pause Magazine actually on stigma, you know, and you've been positive since 85. So tell us a little bit about, um, you know, what your article was about. Obviously, it was about stigma, but what were you getting down? What was the dirt? Well, the dirt was that uh, it was specifically about gay men, and it was a, it was a, I'm, a, I'm afraid that what the article is is a real indictment of gay male community and the way that we treat one another and the fact that we've kind of compartmentalized into factions and, and that there's so much simmering resentments uh, between those factions. And by that, I mean not just who's positive and who's negative. It gets worse than that. Among those of us who are positive, it's those who have been positive a long time versus those that just got infected uh, within the last few years and should have known better. You know, uh, 
versus uh, the, not just the negative guys, but how about the negative guys who are on Travada, who are on pre-exposure prophylaxis? You know, they're judged. They're getting. They're 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 being judged and stigmatized by other negative guys because they're perceived as being kind of these pause-loving sluts that are obviously having sex with pause guys and doing it without protection, and that's why they're on this pill. So what I wanted to do is give a voice to what all of these attitudes were, and what comes out in the article is this really vicious kind of... I just give voice to it. I just say what everybody's thinking in terms of Mm -hmm. how we perceive everybody. I mean, I... And and it's funny because... I always, you know, you know me, I'm Switzerland. I want everyone to like me, and, and I don't want to say anything bad about anybody. You know, that's, that's true. And here we have this article, which is probably going to be the most read thing I've ever read, I've ever written, and it's, and it's vicious. It's really mean. I mean, it's, it's not, it's, it, it takes on the voice of what all of these people are, and I did it because I wanted people to really hear it and understand how hurtful it was. And... Um, and and give some reasons why maybe we shouldn't think that way. But but in doing so, it's a real exercise in what those words are, what they sound like, and what the anger and fear of stigma sounds like. And so, you know, yeah, anyway, the fact is, is I, I guess what I'm saying is I hope people come to my blog and find out that really I'm a nice guy <laughs> as opposed <laughs> well, to kind of like this vicious, bitter thing that, that comes out in, in the course of that article. Right. Well, I think anybody who actually has met you in person, listened to you speak, watched one of your videos, or, or read one of your blogs, you know, that was uh, on the personal side, I think knows that you are an incredible person and, and that you're able to, you know, approach subjects and topics at a certain angle that, that allows you to be Switzerland, like you said. And, and I kind of like that because that's how I am. So I want, I try not to, to badmouth anybody in this industry. It's nice to, we all have the same goal to put an end to this and to help bring more awareness to it. And I think that, you know, the piece that you wrote was amazing. I wrote um, it in the chat room so people can see it on PAZIMN on the Blog Talk Radio chat room uh, so people can go and read it and check it out. And um, for people who don't know, uh, tell people about your blog and, uh, you know, because people may not have heard of you until today, which may be shocking because you are famous. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I have a blog about living with HIV, uh, about just, you know, life as I know it as an HIV-positive gay man in recovery, and it's called MyFabulousDisease.com. And that alone should give you an idea. It's basically kind of got a sense of humor, There's a, there, and, and it is uh, um, mostly, if anything, it's about living joyfully because most of the postings have a sense of humor about them. And, and it's important to me because it's not something that we get exposed to a lot, you know, as people living with HIV. We don't get to see... Um, at least there's a lot of people that don't get to see that. And it's funny because I thought for a while, I thought, oh, this privileged elitist life I have where I have the opportunity to be um, this happy as someone with HIV because I am a white man with health insurance living in the United States. You know, that's a lot of privilege. And yet um, I get emails all the time from people all over the world who are living lives of real challenge. And they tell me, I laughed today. And I laughed at something about HIV that I never thought I would be laughing at. And it was because of one of your videos or something that I read. And so it makes me realize that that people really have a real generosity of spirit and they understand where I'm coming from. And they don't begrudge me the fact that, you know, I I do have – uh, access to health care and things like that. They're just happy to see somebody with HIV having a good time, you know? Exactly. And that's very much the message that you put out, Robert. You know, um, um, it, it's a message of hope and of vitality and, uh, and you know, good for us. Yes. <laughs> Pat us on the back. <laughs> I have a caller here, so I'm going to go ahead and bring on area code 503. You're on the air. Who's this? My name is Roger Walker. And I'm a gay man living in Portland, Oregon. Welcome, Roger. How are you doing tonight? Um, I'm doing very well. Um, I live in downtown Portland, and I've gotten to know Senator Wyden and Senator Merkley at Gay Pride many times. 
Sweet. Do you have a question for Mark, or do you have a, a comment on, on on stigma? Oh, uh, there's total stigma, but it's we're getting over that. Um, I used to live in Fort Worth, Texas, and I help people who are positive to go to their doctor. Well, that's awesome. All right, I think we lost that, Roger. Thanks that for is, calling. That in. is awesome, Roger. Roger, are you? Um, how long have you been doing that with the community? Have you been a volunteer for the community or with people living with HIV? He actually uh, just hung up. Oh, just somehow okay. he uh, got disconnected. So yeah, if you want okay. to come to the show about and talk to us, three four seven two one five nine four four two. If you are on hold and you want to speak with us, just press the one button. So, um, what did I want to say to you? Oh, I don't know, but oh my gosh, I um, I wanted to ask you about something. Did you know that yeah. Canada has lifted the ban for um, has changed their ban on on drug uh, blood donations? You know, in the no, United States, not. you can't. In, in the United States, they ask you, "Have you ever had sex with another man?" And if so, you cannot donate blood, and that's it. In Canada, they have changed it to, "Have you ever have you had sex with another man within the last five years?" So that's wow. so they changed it to ever from ever to five years, which is real progress. However, <laughs> if you haven't had sex with another man in the last five years, if you haven't, in other words, if you haven't gotten laid in the last five years, you're probably eighty, or or <laughs> I um or or are really practicing some amazing self control. But I I think it's at least progress, and I wish that the United <laughs> States would f- follow suit or at least go somewhere in that direction. You know? So they have a ban here in the U.S. So what you're saying is in the U.S. they have a ban here that if you have ever slept with a man, you are not able to donate blood. Oh, yeah. Gay men can't donate blood, period. Yes. And, and it's something that That's- has been questioned and challenged for quite some time, and the science really doesn't follow it. And besides any, you know, um, a- anyway, it's, 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 not, it's not exactly scientifically sound for them to do that. But um, I guess we've had p- bigger fish to fry you know, other than that, you know, um, there was uh, a, I did this thing on the top, on the Huffington post yesterday about what it means to be undetectable. And uh-huh. that became a really interesting conversation because for the first time on, on the show, there were HIV negative guys who were being really honest about how they negotiated um, hookups with guys who are positive, and they were honestly talking about their fears and their and their and their anxieties about having sex of any kind with someone who came out as positive. And then those of us who were positive on the show were able to say, "This is why that I find that really demeaning," you know. But but in a respectful way, it's the first time, you know, whenever that comes up, or there's some sort of barebacking story, or there's some sort of something like that. The, it gets really mean. I mean, I'm, you know, the comments and people, the way that we talk to each other can get really, you know, ugly. And in that particular case, it wasn't. It felt it felt like we were really trying to be heard and to hear the other guy. And I appreciate And all I'm just saying is I appreciated it. And it's a little more complicated than it used to be, you know. In my day, it was use a condom or not, that we didn't have any other options. And now there's people with HIV who are undetectable or who are limiting their partners to other people who have HIV or who are on Truvada. You know, there's all these permutations now that, mm-hmm. that there didn't used to be. And, and I find that fascinating. But it's also like most gay men don't know much about all of those options. They're just sticking to the whole... I'm negative and I'm going to stay that way, so I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get anywhere near anybody who says they are positive. Ignoring the fact that the virus is being spread um, in large part by people who believe themselves to be negative, not by people who are positive and on drugs, you know, on the medications. Mm-hmm. So, so um, I'm really challenging that. I'm really challenging gay men right now to are all sexually active people really to get a little bit more educated on what all of those options are so that they can make educated decisions that are good for their health and lower their risk and don't demean or disrespect other people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, that actually brings up one of the, uh, 
the topics that I wanted to bring up was when I was searching HIV on Bing and I was going through the news, one of the things uh-huh. that came up was um, an article that was on the Huffington Post in their, um, what is it, uh, the Gay Voices section, and it spoke uh-huh. about is, is the term undetectable, is it stigmatizing gay sex? Um, yes. And you know what I mean? And I think it was uh, Tyler Perry from the Needle Prick Project did an article about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was quoted. Yeah, that's it. precisely what I'm talking about, actually. It was his article that led to, you know how Huffington Post Live does those shows? It's like a news show. They have a streaming news program. Uh-huh. Um, they had Tyler and myself and a couple of, who, and we we're both positive, and then a couple of guys who are HIV negative um, um, uh, talking about that very, about that very topic um, as a result of Tyler's Terrific essay. Um, you know, I'm really glad that he just brought up the topic. We should, you know, all be doing this as often as we can. And and that's exactly what they were that they were talking about. Is does it mean now? The title that they used for that actually was a little strange. Is it stigmatizing gay sex? What does that mean, really? How is saying you're undetectable stigmatizing? I, I couldn't really figure out what that title, where they were going with that. What the conversation was really about is how do gay men negotiate sex with one another when one guy says he's positive, but then says, but I'm undetectable. It's become, it's like it's created this new class of gay man. Now there's not mm-hmm. just the positive guys. There's the positive, but I'm undetectable guys. Right. You know? I kind of would be dying to know what's going on in your chat room right now because you know how I love to come and sit in your chat room during your radio show and um and, and make funny remarks and make fun of people and, and, and I'm and I'm not looking at the chat room right now and I'm afraid that that's what they're doing to me. <laughs> no, nobody's making fun. There's a few people in there now and I'm also there's a couple of people on the Pause I am chat room I see. Um, as well, listening in um, live. So uh, you can always join the Well, hello to everybody in the chat room. I love you. Don't make fun of me, please. I'm doing the best I can. can, If you're tuning in for the first time, you can join the POSIM social network and meet other people living with HIV around the world by going to POSIM.com. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about is, you know, um, I go to a support group here in Philly at the Mazzoni Center every uh, Tuesday night at 6.30, from 6.30 to 8.00. It's an amazing group. I met a lot of people who I would not have known, you know, in the gay community. It's basically the way I connect to the gay community. I'm not really involved in going out in the pride and involved in the whole gay community here in Philly. So my connection is basically the support group, and that's how I I meet friends. And and it's nice. It's people from all ages, long-term survivors, to people who were newly diagnosed, you know, a couple days or a week before um, the last meeting. And we always read articles, and sometimes we read your articles. Actually, very frequent we read your articles, Mark. And I made a promise to the guys there that I would find a way to uh, Skype you in because we read your articles all the time, and they would love to actually just hear you speak. And they had questions for you because um, one of the things that we were talking about was you were – I guess they were talking – one of the guys brought up dating online, and I guess – he was talking to this guy on one of these websites and, you know, uh, my friend is, is positive and the guy disclosed to him that he was positive and asked, hey, he's like, hey, I'm positive or, you know, how, or what's your status? And my friend immediately said, oh, I'm negative, you know what I mean? And then the guy kind of responded with, oh, good for you. You didn't fall to the temptations of our community and things like that. And then it kind of reminded me of the art of the video you made where you, um, was it was it in praise of HIV negative men? Yes, uh-huh. In praise of the HIV negative gay man. Right, yeah. and I brought that up to them, and I was trying to explain the video to them, and they, they're going to watch it actually on Tuesday when we go there. Um, I, could, I guess I couldn't explain it to them because they were all bent out of shape about it. Um, of why we would be praising negative men as if we were doing something wrong. <laughs> so I wanted to know. Well, well you know, and that, it, that's funny. That it, it's it's it's. Uh, I hope that they see it and that they um, that they then understand what you mean, because right. um, it's what their reaction just by you talking about it is very much yeah. the reaction that a lot of people had when they saw it. They thought, how dare he? They thought that by praising HIV negative men. I was somehow bashing HIV positive men, and mm-hmm. it's and, and, and it's 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 a shame 
that I that we cannot lift up people without the others going. Well, well you're, you're you're insulting us. I'm not insulting. All I was, I thought, wouldn't it be nice if I could just take? It was about it was for HIV testing day or something, and I uh-huh. said, you know. There really is, you know, you know, I took the HIV test once, once in 1985, as soon as it came out. That's when I took it. And, and I've never had to take it again. I've never had to go through, you know, the, whatever unnerving ritual it may, must be for negative guys who have to be tested on a regular basis. I, you know, I'm not saying they're martyrs. I'm not saying that, you know, that they are there for, you know, I, I'm simply saying you know that's that is that that must be an unnerving thing for them. Not to mention, everything they do sexually is going to be judged when they take that test. They will mm-hmm. be tested on whether or not they were good or bad, or did they slip up, or or whatever. And I wanted to take a moment to say, if you're a sexually active, gay, HIV negative man, good for you. Because while it may be true that you're maybe you're a little lucky, maybe a time or two you haven't played by the rules, but overall, if you're sexually active and you remain negative, you're probably doing something right. And good for you. I just want to take this moment to say, great. Because for me as an HIV positive man, there are some there are some you know anxieties I don't have to worry about anymore. And, Certainly, HIV testing is is one of them. <laughs> you know, I, I I don't have to worry about every because let's face it, Robert. We as positive guys, regardless of what choices we make sexually, they're not gonna show up in an HIV test we take a few months from now. Right. Nobody is gonna know if we have sex and it's not entirely safe. Nobody's going to know, you know, if we're both, particularly if we're both positive. I'm not encouraging that. I'm simply saying it's not going to show up in an HIV test. Whereas if you're negative, every time that something, you know, something is going to put you at risk can have consequences for you. And so I find, you know, I, I would find that to be a little unnerving to have to live with like that if I was sexually active and out there on the scene. So I just wanted to give them some props and say, you know, good for you and, and keep getting tested and keep making those choices and, and good for you. But you know what? It's hard. It's hard to do that, to say that yeah. to, to, to one side of the viral divide without the other side going, hey, wait a second, what are you saying? What, what about me, you know? Um, I think that it's pretty well documented that I, I give lots of love and support to all of my HIV-positive brothers without, yes, I um, agree. <laughs> you know, so so throwing a little love that way to my negative, you know, brothers for staying that way, <laughs> I think is legit. No, I agree. I thought it was I thought it was a great video and 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 you know thoughtful. I thought it was something that that should be done. And I don't think you know I don't think praising or or, or lifting somebody up and saying good job for not making a mistake that we made. It's not a horrible mistake. I'm not dead. You know what I mean? Like it's not something that I feel like oh it's so horrible now. Like if I can praise you and I'm positive, then that's not a bad thing. It's not like we're negative praising negative people. We're positive people praising negative people for making the right choices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's not a bad thing. But we have a caller, so I want to go ahead and bring on area code 209. You're on the air. Who's this? Hi, this is Mark. Hi. Hello. Uh, Robert, Hi, first you, and foremost, good. First and foremost, thank you so much for the radio. I really appreciate it. Um, I've listened to You're you welcome. for a couple of years now. And Mark, um, I noticed at one point you do um, a cruise line type of thing. Can you tell me a little bit about that? <laughs> yes. You're laughing. Hi, Mark. <laughs> and first of all, hello, Mark. How are you? You have a really nice voice. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> um, anyway, but, but despite that, um, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a POS cruise. Uh, we call it the POS cruise. It's, it's actually the yeah. HIV cruise retreat. It's got nothing to do with POS magazine. Um, and it is just a... It's a, it's a carnival cruise where there's a thousand, you know, two thousand people on the boat. But among them 
it's a big group of HIV-positive men and women, primarily gay men, about 250 people. And um, we, we, uh, we have a great time. We get our own space. We have our own events. We have our own parties and, and our own excursions and stuff. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's not an affordable vacation for a lot of people. It is a cruise. You know, it's going to be, you know, by the time it's all said and done, you're going to spend $700, $800 probably. Um, uh, and so it's not, you know, it's not going to be affordable to everybody, but for those who can, um, you know, uh, it, it draws a lot of people, it's interesting, that aren't necessarily from New York or L.A., you put, you get a lot of people from Midwest or, or in from second tier cities who aren't able to meet other people. You know, it's the same kind of community building that Robert's doing with Pause I Am. It just happens for a week on the open seas. You know, Got it. we have workshops, we have parties, we have all of that. And the HIV thing is kind of on its side, but um, but yeah, that's that's what it is. It's, uh, Thank if you, you want to know, you, you, uh, if you want to know, you can go to HIV Cruise. Wait a second. HIV Cruise. HIV Cruise. HIV Cruise. HIV Cruise. And then like dot com or something like that. Uh, yeah. So um, yeah. So thank you Great. for asking. Where are you calling from? Uh, California, a little city uh-huh. uh, east of San Francisco called Modesto. Uh, mm-hmm. Been living in the Central Valley area here for about 23 years. Enjoy it a lot. Yeah. Um, but I'm very happy that Robert does this. Uh, the, there needs to be a voice. Um, when you were talking about the undetectable, and it's funny because you'll tell someone you're HIV positive. And if I follow it up with the word undetectable, it sort of glazes over most people. All they do is hear the word HIV positive. And yeah, I think there almost yeah. needs to be a little bit more of an education out there on the word undetectable. Um, I've been undetectable now for about six years, and I'm very happy. But, you know, as the years creep up, other things creep up, too. But mm-hmm. it, it's, it's tough to remain undetectable. You know, the medication, the diet, the, the working out, walking, talking, learning all of that, you know, and mm-hmm. you're right. I do. I also do commend all those guys that have to go through that testing process and maybe sit on that pins and needles for a few hours before they actually get their result. It, mm-hmm. it, it's a tough thing to do. And I commend them all as you do. So, and, and you know, you talk about um, the education process of undetectable. Um, it's funny because I've been in situations where I'm negotiating you know, the sex. <laughs> and I say I'm positive, I'm undet- but I'm undetectable. And they don't know what that means, and they're unsure if they want to have sex with me because I'm positive. And then it puts me in this weird spot where I become this HIV educator. And I'm like, right. well, undetectable means this, and, it, you know, and, and studies have shown this. And, 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 I'm, and by that time, you know, I'm not particularly aroused. I'd rather exactly. you know, <laughs> catch a cat. I mean, you know? it's, it's it's not funny, but it is funny because of what yeah. you have to stop and do. And you're right; by that point, you're kind of like, uh. <laughs> but I'm glad, you know, you know. I'm, but I'm glad that you have, you know, maybe paved the road for the next pod guy, the guy I might meet. But it is going to be <laughs> yeah. me because you know I I now feel like a teacher. Besides, I don't want to be in the position where I'm trying to talk somebody into something. I don't mind educating right. you, but I don't want to be, you know, convinced. educating you for my own benefit. You know what I'm saying? Right. I don't need to be, be the convincer. I just want to right. be the right. lover. And right. uh, there's a fine line. It, it, it's a tough line to walk sometimes, but we've all been there, I'm sure, in some way, shape, or another. But, hey, Robert, uh, do you I mind really if I ask you if your current boyfriend is positive or negative? He's um, negative. Huh? Oh, Robert. Robert's hey, boyfriend. No. You're, you're asking me it's ne- negative. I'm actually, um, so, been, I've been talking with uh, Joe, my ex. So we're we're in the process of trying to make that work. Oh, oh cool. terrific. Yeah. Terrific. Well, good for you. Oh, see, so you just revealed a little more. Wow. <laughs> well, That's great. Know, I'm not hiding it. Well, I just, it's something that oh, I'm working you know, kind of in my own space now. That's kind of why you haven't seen me blog. I haven't blogged for the bodies like since almost a year. Like I've been kind of staying mm-hmm. away from it all and trying to focus on me and getting myself situated in my personal life before I 
go and put anything out there. But it's coming. I'm going to start blogging really soon. I have some things to say. Been holding my tongue way too long. Great. I'm sorry, Mark. I want to thank you. To interrupt. Oh, no, no, no. I want to thank you for the article that you did do. Um, phenomenal. The, the cover photo is uh, um, drop dead. <laughs> I think I'll cut it out. People are going to think that I I know you or something. I know know if I was in the chat room right now, I would accuse you of being a plant. So whoever you are, I just want people to know I have no idea who you are. Honest and true. There's no plant here. Honest. Um, I've listened on and off to Robert for years. And Mm -hmm. when I... I was flipping through and saw that you were on today because uh, each week it comes up on my email of what the topic is, and I saw your name, and then I equated it immediately to the article at pause, mm-hmm. and I went, oh, I just I just thought the article was phenomenal, A. B, you. you're incredibly handsome. C, I'm going to cut it out and frame it. Uh, D, <laughs> oh, my God. I better shut up before I get myself oh my in God. trouble here. Mark, huh? whoever you are, if you send me an email – through my my blog, go to myfabulousdisease.com and send me an email. I will send you a signed copy. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know. <laughs> and then I'll send you a signed copy of me in full leather. How's that? Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Now now Mark, we can't go any further because because Robert <laughs> runs a clean show. I know, I know, I, but I just show. said full leather. That's all. You know, it doesn't mean that. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I guess the thoughts in my head, I thought were maybe. Uh huh. You went there. Head. That's okay. okay. That's all right. okay. We still love you, no matter what. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for asking been about the cruise. No, I, I appreciate you asking about the cruise, and I always, or at least lately, I've, I've always wanted to say. I'm not commercially associated with the, the, the people that put it on. I'm just right. the host. I pay like everybody else pays, and oh. I have a great time. And, I, and I, I like talking about it because I think it's a fun time. I just wanted to ask because I think a lot of times we get in the topics of all the things that are topical and important and sort of, as the term is, down and dirty. And every now and then I look for those little venues of a sparkle of fun in life. Yeah, and, absolutely. And that's absolutely. why I wanted to ask you about it well, because it was just yeah, touched well, you're, over you're real quickly. Well, you're likely to see me in the Speedo or in drag or both on any given cruise. So, you know. Well, um, it's worth it right there. It's worth the price of admission right there. I mean, you had me at the word Speedo. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, you know, oh gosh, I'm sorry, Robert. We have we have completely held his radio show hostage now. So we, I'm sorry. We, I'm sorry. But no. I'm going to bid adieu because the two of you have been always a, um, a key aspect of my life for information, and I really want to appreciate both of you and say thank you. Oh, well, thanks thank for calling you, in, Mark. Mark. Sure. Bye bye. Bye bye. Oh, that's sweet. Um, uh, I actually do want to talk a little bit about the cruise because you know Nate has has come on a few times and spoke about it, and oh, I forget the other gentleman's name who runs the cruise. Why am I drawing a blank on his name? Oh, Paul, Paul, Paul Stolbaum. Paul, Paul and Nate, yeah, yes. Paul and, and Nate both have been on speaking about it. And I actually want to do a show coming up. I'm going to plan it of um, things that you can do, you know, within the last six months of the year that are HIV positive related. And it's going to include, mm-hmm. um, you know, some conferences. I'm going to have either Nate or Paul come on and talk a little bit about the cruise. In July, um, uh, our friend here at the show, Clace, he runs uh, the pos, uh, posretreats.com. To go there, he rides the, the Paz Brothers oh, yeah. retreat that, that that happened to take place up in upstate New York, and usually they're always on. And I, I want to actually go to this retreat that's coming up in July, and I have to reach out to Clayson and and talk to him about it. Um, but I think it's a great mm-hmm. thing for people to do and connect with and get yourself out of the house. You know what I mean? Because we we seem to live behind the computer screens, and it's nice to get out and and actually interact with other people who are HIV positive. I think that's a great idea. I think that's a great idea. Um, go, you go for it. That's those, those are terrific. Those are terrific topics. You know, one of the other things that we were speaking about at group, which I thought was an interesting talk, topic, was we had an older gentleman in the group. Um, this, these were his words. He called himself an older gentleman. He was diagnosed in his, I want to say, in his fifties, and he was talking about how difficult it is to be diagnosed in your fifties and how they how he has he has more shame on him. I guess he has more shame about it being diagnosed older because he lived through the early years. He should have known better. Yeah. No one was, 
in his roaring 20s when he was sexually active and crazy, you know, he was able to dodge a bullet, so to speak, or not become infected. And I guess he now has all this resentment because now he's 50-something years old and being diagnosed, and he just feels like he should have known better. And he talks about how different it is for somebody who's, you know, of an older age to deal with HIV because, you know, it's not something that, you know, is normal. A lot of people, when they were first diagnosed, you know, in the early days were dying right away. They weren't expected to live longer. And now that the medication is better and people are living longer, there's other things I have to worry about in regards to their health, you know what I mean, other than the HIV. Yeah. Like smoking is a big thing that I see articles on all the time in newspapers and stuff about how smoking is not good for people who are HIV positive. And, you know, I'm a smoker myself, and it's, you know, it's difficult. But, I mean, what what – some of the things that you've heard that, you know, the, the older generation is dealing with now because they're living longer. You know, these things mm-hmm. weren't like heart disease. Well, you know, you, first of all, you bring up all sorts of things. Um, there's all sorts of things wrapped up in what you just talked about. One of them is just the, the, the guilt of having lived through a terrible time in gay history when everybody was dying and surviving that and then getting your, infected yourself. And I even touch upon that in the Pause Magazine story because it's as if you are trampling on the memories of our departed, you know, exalted dead, you know, by, by daring to become infected as a young person or an older person. But as an older person, it's like, my God, you were there. How could you do that? Mm-hmm. And, and, and then the fact is, is that any infection, you know, um, you know, under most circumstances, it's usually the product of somebody saying yes when they should have said no, or maybe they were drunk, or maybe they were in love, or maybe they they trusted the wrong person at the wrong time. You know, and all of those decisions are human. You know, they're 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 just they're they're just imperfectly human. And 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 uh, so I really feel for anybody that has that added burden. Uh, but but unfortunately, there's lots of shame to go around. It, you know, the older person has that, that that additional guilt because of those circumstances. The young guy has the additional guilt because he grew up knowing about safe sex and should have known better. We, we you know we as human beings are more than happy to stigmatize other people. I say in the article, you know, it's a lazy way to feel good about yourself is making is, is judging somebody else. So it's a popular human activity. I mean, we all stigmatize other people. It's human nature, you know. Right. Gay people are probably better at it because we were so taunted as kids that you kind of develop claws, you know, by the time you mm-hmm. come of age, and we know how to hurt other people before they hurt us. I mean, that is that is true of gay people to, to some degree. And so, you know, yeah, we like to put other people into a corner. We like to categorize them, and it just makes us feel better about ourselves, and, and that's too bad. So I, I feel bad for the, gay, for the older gay man testing positive these days. But the other thing you mentioned is aging as a person living with HIV. Uh, for those of us over 50, there's been a lot in the news about, and it started with the death of Spencer Cox, who was the AIDS activist, um, who was there in the early ACT UP days. And he kind of lost his way kind of later in life. Um, There's some drug addiction. There were things going on. And, and he wrote a lot about losing his sense of meaning. You know, when you were there for what is arguably the most uh, dramatic health crisis of the century, uh, when you were there during a real plague and you were, you were fundamental in helping curb it in, 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 in in, in um, caring for the dying, in the struggle to stay alive yourself. When you go through something that, that you know, profound, what ha- what, what's your second act? You know, how, how do you face your 50s when you're living in a society now, and it's even a gay society, where those memories have faded, people kind of have heard about it, maybe they watched and the band played on or not, but they know things used to be bad, and that's about all they know about it. And so how do you find meaning as, as, a, as a 55, 60-year-old man um, who has a lot of living left to do when, when there's a real crisis of purpose and meaning for men of that age? And I count, I'm 52 years old. So, and no, you're not, Mark. What, you yes, are I not am. 52. No way. I am 52. <laughs> wow, girl, you look good for 52. 
Why, thank you. Thank you so much. I hope Mark is still listening, that guy from San Francisco <laughs> with the leather. So anyway, um, well, no, because now he can't be my daddy. You know, he's thinking he's probably thought I was young. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But <laughs> now, see, you got me off track. The point is, is that there's a real crisis of meaning for those of us of a certain age. And, um, and, and, and there's just now things being done to address it. The, uh, the activist I mentioned, Spencer Cox, who wrote a lot about this issue 10 years ago, kind of ahead of his time, has now died. And he died young at 44 um, um, because he was involved in the AIDS stuff really, really young. Well, there have now been these symposiums and stuff in New York, and people are really starting to turn toward this generation, this aging generation of, of gay men who kind of are shell-shocked. It's the whole post-traumatic stress. It's the Vietnam vets who are now kind of like sitting around, you know, uh, staring off into space wondering, how do you know? How do we, you know, reconnect to what's going on around us when nobody seems to remember the war we fought in? You know, nobody knows much about it or what my contribution to it was. Um, right. So that's a real, you know, and I don't really have a real answer to it because I experience a lot of that myself, Robert. I, 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 uh, I sit around sometimes, and you know, you have those thoughts. You're just falling off to sleep, and suddenly you're right back there, and it's 1986, and things are really bad and and you remember things and um um you think how 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 can i ever be that man that courageous man that did all of those things in the 80s how can i be that today there we, and the fact is is maybe we're not called up to be that but it doesn't mean we're not capable of it and we're still called up to do different things. Like we were talking about at the beginning of this phone call, this show. We are called up to reveal our HIV status when we have the privilege to do so. And look, if it's just going to make a little make it a little socially awkward, I encourage you to consider disclosing anyway. Because we need to be having the more of those conversations across the dinner table or chatting with our friends around the pool this summer so that people understand that they have a friend with HIV. And once they know that, it's much less likely that they're going to stigmatize or make ignorant remarks. And they might actually get more educated than they were before. Come out, come out, wow. wherever you are. <laughs> That's right. And let's go to the phone lines. Area code 678, you're on the air. Who's this? Hello? Hi, who's this? Hi, uh, this is John Brinkman from Atlanta, Georgia. Hi, John. Hi, how are you doing? Um, just wanted to say hi to Jeremy. I'm kind of on his Facebook uh, page all the time. <laughs> Jeremy um, is with us tonight. <laughs> oh, who's with you? Yeah, you got the low rent, Jeremy, this week. This is Mark. I'm so sorry. I'm so disappointed I'm not Jeremy. <laughs> oh, no, no. I mean, that's great. I've been uh-huh. on your page, too. And, um, yeah, yeah, Mark, you, you're you a Donna Summer fan as well, right? Oh, my God, am I ever. Am <laughs> I ever. I am, I am as well. So you got to experience the 70s. I, yes. I was, uh, I was growing up, uh, well, I was a kid. So I didn't go, mm-hmm. get to go to Studio 54 and... You know, uh-huh. my mom wouldn't let my mom wouldn't let me buy the Bad Girls forty five. I didn't understand why then, but I understand now. So anyway, <laughs> yes. any any who I guess I have a couple questions. Um, the first question you may have already touched on this, but um, what I've what I've noticed is um, with HIV. Is this is this the new is HIV has this become the new gay that is in the closet because we've made so much progress of you know homosexuals coming out of the closet with gay marriage with the television shows and the media I mean it's just unbelievable the progress that has been made there mm-hmm. and I kind of I kind of feel now that HIV has taken the place of that. That's what's in the closet now. And like you said, it's important that people talk about it and disclose it. I know that it's not easy. Um, And I know that a lot of people are afraid. But, I mean, do you have an opinion about that? Or did you already talk about it earlier in the show? 
Oh, gee. Well, I have an opinion about everything, so i got to warn you on that one. But, but about <laughs> this, yes. And that is that, um, th- that there is a storyline being played out in the media and by, you know, human rights campaign and all of the, the, the marriage equality folks. And that is look at us as loving human beings who, you know, want to get married and raise families and, and uh, be you know, contributing members of society. And that's a tremendous, terrific storyline, and it is, by, by and large, true. But what the storyline doesn't include is the fact mm-hmm. that we're also sexual beings and that yeah. we um, have viruses, and um, yeah. not just one. You know, there are right. others. And, and we, it's as if we've had to turn our focus away from HIV because we had we had to do so much work to do to make the whole gay marriage thing palatable. Now I don't mean to say that gay marriage isn't a great thing to go after, but let's yeah. face it, I'm an AIDS activist, and any time that the spotlight is pulled away from me because it doesn't serve the storyline, right, that they, we want to tell, you know, or the fact that you know gay men are trying to negotiate, you know, sex with positive guys or not positive guys, you know. We want to talk about gay marriage, but we certainly don't want to talk about what's going to be going on in the bedroom on the wedding night, you know, and uh, <laughs> right. who's positive and who's not and, and all of that. So, yeah. so yes, I think that, 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 that you're right, and, and some of it I have to be philosophical about and go, well, you know what, it is what it is. You know, it's, the pendulum's going to swing over there, and when there's a new permutation of HIV, I don't mean physically, I mean when there's something new to talk about with HIV, the pendulum yeah. will come back and we'll get to talk about it. And the whole undetectable thing and Truvada mm-hmm. and all of those are great opportunities for us to have the conversation again, you know, right. to, yeah. to bring the spotlight back to us as much as we yeah. possibly can. But, yeah, you're right. It's, it's, I don't know if it's, it's – I don't think it's in the closet. Well, yes, I think it's, it's very much in the closet in terms of gay men. It's not something they take pride in certainly, right, so they don't right. want to talk about it. And they're not forced to talk about it because they don't have KS lesions on their face. Nobody can see it. They don't know it. Yeah. Right. As long yeah. as it stays quiet, why would you risk social discomfort by your friends knowing about it? And to right. me, that's right. what I would like people to think about twice, and that is if the only thing you're risking is social discomfort, if you're not going to lose your job, if your family's mm-hmm. still going to love you, then gosh darn it, please let your friends know so that you can have a conversation and, and we can keep this going. Um, but as you right. say, that conversation and that storyline is very much about something else right now, and it's not about HIV. Yeah, yeah I think right. um, it's like that movie, Long Time Companion. If, you know, people who have HIV now in this day and age um, watch that movie, they, you know, I, I think we. my point is is that we need to realize but other pe- what the people in the 80s went through, the late 70s and the 80s went through. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe that will propel us, maybe that will force us to realize how lucky we are and that it needs to be talked about. This is what we can do now because we mm-hmm. have the medications and we're able to live unlike so many others back then. And now mm-hmm. we can take the initiative to take it, to, you know, to, to make it better by talking about it because oh, I'm well, sorry, you know I'm what? Rambling. You're right. You're right. But the fact is, is we don't have to, we don't have to drag them back to the eighties. We don't have to make them, you know, because then it makes it sound like old men in the front yard with a rake saying, well, you know, get off right. my lawn. When I was a kid, you, know, you know, the fact right. is, is there's some, what, what is the statistics? Peter Staley wrote about it recently, 30,000, 30,000 gay men will die of HIV this year. Yeah. If, if, yeah. if that's not bad enough, we don't have to drag people into what used to be. They can watch movies yeah. all they want. Let's show them what their lives are like today. And today, right. most people, 75% of the people with HIV don't know it. They haven't been tested. They have no idea. Infections are happening because of people who are, believe themselves to be negative and aren't. That's who's spreading HIV. Listen, w- w- the conversation is, have you had a test in the last four months? Have you really? Yeah, right. no. mm-hmm. uh, th- right. Those are the kind of the contemporary 
storylines that we should be having with other gay men because we don't right. because, because there's plenty to talk about right in the here and now. No, I totally agree, and um, I want to thank that caller for calling in from Georgia. I actually have another caller on the line that I want to get to um, before the end of the show because we're down to the last couple of minutes. So I did want to say two things off of that conversation. One, I feel like now, 2013, is the time when we need some movie star who's been living in hiding with HIV to come out and actually talk about it. I think we need some sort of, we need somebody like, like you know, back in the day when we had Magic Johnson come out, we need somebody big to come out and to talk about it, somebody who's already well-known, not somebody who just came out fresh in their HIV. We need somebody to talk about it, and I know they're out there. You know there's somebody out there who's a famous movie star. Absolutely. You know, Michael Gottlieb, Michael Gottlieb was the doctor in Los Angeles that was Rock Hudson's doctor, and he has said in interviews, he said, nothing has changed, and this year I still have movie stars that I am treating for HIV that are too afraid for their careers for people to know. So you're right, Robert. You're absolutely right. We need that. We need that. But let's go to the next call before we run out of time. Area code 415. You're on the air. Who's this? Hello? Hi, this is Ted. Hi, who's this? Hello? Hello, this is Tez. Hi, how are Hello, you, Hello, how are you? I'm fine. This is Tez Anderson. I, I, could, I was compelled to call you guys because not only I'm a big fan of both of you, but it was apropos to your conversation about being older and having HIV, and I started a website called Let's Kick Ass. And Let's Kick Ass stands for AIDS Survivor Syndrome. Ass is AIDS Survivor Syndrome. And it addresses all those issues of aging, the the, the feelings of kind of uh, where are we now after 30 years. I mean, I was HIV, I tested positive in 1983. I, I was converted in 83. I tested in 86. So I have been at this a long time, and I started wow. realizing that we're kind of being left out, this older generation who, you know, the drugs are working for some of us, for some of us they're not. Uh, a lot of us are disabled, having all these issues coming up, and there was no place for us to talk about it. So I've just started this brand-new thing. We're having our own forum, like the one they had in New York recently, um, July 18th at the Gay Center here. Um, so I just want to let you know that there are some people out there thinking the same things you're thinking and doing something about it or trying to. Tez, I am so glad. First of all, I really appreciate your Facebook posting, so, and thank you for that oh, and for keeping me in the loop on that. I, I am really uh, curious as to how that goes. Uh, please please keep me informed and let me know. I'm, I'm so glad you're doing that. Well, you're such an inspiration uh, uh, that, I mean, uh, Mark, you're such an inspiration because you – Write so beautifully, and you've been doing this so long. I came out of the closet about my status back in like '98, uh, so I've been out, out a long time now with my HIV status. Mm-hmm. It's not the stigma so much I'm worried about; it's about how we move forward with all the baggage and all the wounding and all the loss and all that stuff that a generation that younger than me, you know, don't even understand. They didn't yeah. lose all this. And we deserve we deserve to have this sort of uh, investigation as to what we can do going forward because we have yeah. we have we have a lot more years in us, Tez, to make a, a, a meaningful contribution to the society, and we could use a little help right now in kind of getting our bearings and 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 solving yeah. this crisis of meaning we're having. And I'm so, again, I'm you're you're, uh, the, the, you're the thing you started is is let's kick ass, which is A S S for. Um, AIDS survivor syndrome, and I would encourage people to Google that. Yeah, let's kick ass.org. There okay. you go. Well, Great. Tess, thanks for calling it. You know, you're out of time now, but I just want to say hi and thank you both and, and to tell you about the event, and I'll be in touch with both of you at some point soon. Thanks a lot. The, the, you know, the particulars. Okay. Sounds good, Tess, and I hope that we maybe run into each other at a conference or something. That would be great. Well, Mark, the hour flew by. Again, it was amazing having you on. Uh, let people know where they can find you and follow you on Twitter and your blogs and your book and all that. Oh, stuff. sure. Oh, well, of course. Well, I'm I'm on Facebook. You can go. To, you can favorite or like my fabulous disease on Facebook, or just go to myfabulousdisease.com and keep track of of what I'm up to. I, I am on Twitter. I'm terrible at Twitter. I only post when I'm trying to pimp out one of my postings at my fab disease <laughs> on Twitter. Otherwise, um, you know, I, I, I really love what I do and I'm I'm really I, I I'm so gratified 
gratified by the people that, that, that give me that feedback. So thanks again. And thank you for the invitation, Robert. This was fun. Anytime, man. Anytime. It's always open. You have yourself a great night. Okay, you too. Thanks, Mark. And for more information on myself and past and future radio shows, you can go to posim.com. While you're there, you can make a donation towards keeping the show running and also join the POSIM social network. You can follow the show on Twitter at POSIM or like us on Facebook at POSIM. You can also follow my personal Twitter account at Positive Pitch, and we'll be back next week. Have a great night, everybody, and thanks for tuning in. I contracted a preventable disease from a guy that looks good and smells good but never mentioned that he had HIV. But he is not to blame. I should have loved myself enough to protect myself. But through it all, I found self-love, and it's the greatest thing I ever felt. I was never less than or equal to age, but always greater. I just realized that not caring for myself or my body, I was my biggest hater. I am author of the naked truth, Marvin Brown, and I am greater than age.